Good afternoon. This is the Bottom Rock Podcast. Today's episode is about emotions and physical pain patterns. When we're going through the difficult times and we're going through the times where we're sitting on that bottom rock, our pain gets a little bit wild, gets a bit debilitating at times. It goes through ebbs and flows. It leads to a lot of confusion of yourself what you're supposed to say to your different physical therapists, your chiropractor, your massage, your athletic therapist, which sometimes leads to a lot of wasted time and money and a loss of progress and performance. Well, over the years, in my practice, in my development through what I've been doing, I've had some fascinating experiences where I've been able to work with professional athletes at the highest level performance, uh, the highest level performing artists, actors, actresses, and executives, and everybody else who is going through difficult times. And every single person has this type of pain pattern. And it's quite interesting to watch. There are no rules. There are no judgments it's all just acceptance of how to release our pain and how to get back into pain-free active daily living and i'm going to explain that throughout the episode of what i've been through and how i've been able to develop a more holistic approach to what not compared to others but to what i learned in the educational institutes and what has been able to get me through uh, the the years of practicing with people and staying relevant and trying to stay on top of of the different pain complaints of the people who come through the door. So initially, I went through the athletic therapy program at Sheridan Institute, which is in Oakville, Ontario. Uh, we were taught physical protocols, nutritional protocols. I went to the McMaster University for the contemporary medical acupuncture program. I was able to work with the Leafs organization and then went up to the Ottawa Senators. And what we did was very science-based. Um, what's the newest level research with protocols, medical protocols. I worked with orthopedic surgeons and neurologists and general practitioners. And everything was a protocol. Everything was very structured. And we would continue to do the same kind of systematic treatment rehab processing, warm-ups, cool-downs, Here's what you're going to eat. Here's how you're going to sleep. Here's your modality, your IFC or your ultrasound. Here's your physical stretching. Here's your physical strengthening. Here's your rehab exercises. And I still get that coming through the door today. Well, I've been to physio for the last six months. I've been through massage therapy. I've been through chiropractor. Here's my exercises. Can I send you the stretches that I've been doing? But I haven't any progress. And it's where the emotions and the physical pain patterns that get expressed through our nerves and our muscles and our skin and our different um, 
perceptive resources in our human body come out. And I find it fascinating. Uh, my first experience with it was when I was working with the Leafs organization, we would kind of have a few players here or there who would get SI pain, sacroiliac pain, pain in the low back around the tailbone. The sacrum is your tailbone. The joint would get jammed or it would feel jammed or it wasn't moving too well. It felt weak. It was either jammed or weak uh, was the initial kind of complaint. And so we would do our protocol in the morning, before practice, after practice, before games, after games, on off days, all kinds of things. And there would be some relief, but it would come back. And we would relate it to muscle memory, to inflammation. But the pattern that started to arise was... That guy had not scored or had an assist or contributed to the team environment for a number of weeks, a number of games, six games, seven games, eight games, and that pain would get progressively worse. And so he'd see the chiropractor, the massage, all of us. It wasn't until he had a solid game where he got he got onto the score sheet. He got two or three assists. Uh, he would score a goal. He even contributed in a fight or something would help contribute to a, a win. We'd be waiting after the game or the next morning for the follow-up treatment. And he would text or come in and say, no, my back's great. It's awesome. And when the pain was the worst there were the rumors and the rumblings that that individual would either get sent down to the minors uh, or further into the minors to the East Coast Hockey League team or sent into the stands to, to the press box to watch the games because he wasn't contributing enough. But as soon as that player contributed in a meaningful way, his pain went away almost instantly multiple times and that's where I started to really learn the art of practice I, I learned the key to tune into each person and that's why I went to the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine I spent a year I had previously applied to the college I got accepted but then I got the job with the Ottawa Senators I went up to work with them and halfway through the season we were in Columbus Ohio and I just kind of hit my limit. I said, you know what? I got to go back to school. I'm young enough. I'm 25. I need to learn more. There's just too many things to learn out there. So after that season, uh, within a week of the season ending, I moved back to Toronto and started the program. I worked out of the Yorkville Club uh, where I was able to support myself through the schooling. And I was able to put in the practice that we were learning, uh, the information at the school, immediately into practice. It was quite interesting because we learned so many different scopes at that institute. We learned traditional Chinese medicine, um, nutritional support medicine, foundational medicine, plant medicine, um, so biological medicine, plant um, energetic medicine, the physical medicine, there was just a smorgasbord of 
of practices. Quite overwhelming most of the time. But there was one individual, Dr. Anthony Godfrey, uh, who's now sadly no longer with us, but he was a quite a fascinating individual, quite a character. His background always kind of blew my mind a little bit. He, I believe he studied veterinary surgery out of Oxford in the UK, where he, he started his career doing that. Then he went to um, receive his doctorate in anatomy at UCLA, and then moved up to Toronto to become a naturopathic doctor. This is an older gentleman, um, very slow-paced in his cadence of conversation, very grounded in his presentation, uh, a, a great receptor, um, so and and also very just welcoming and warm, and somebody who would who would sit and just listen and observe and was willing to actually be truly present with students. And so I had a number of people who had been coming in and, and I'd been with um, my patients at the Yorkville Club and the characters who there was the pain complaints who were getting stuck um, and repetitive as well, where they're kind of getting, getting stuck with either a frozen shoulder that would last up to a year or uh, right hip pain. And I didn't understand why the frozen shoulder would last for up to a year. I understand that the anatomy was significantly inflamed, shortened, um, it's debilitating pain. But the scientific protocols always lasted at least a year, like six months to a year, but generally would get to a year. Uh, and then the other was the, the right hip pain, which would flare up periodically. Uh, and people would describe it in the same way. Um, it gets stuck. It uh, feels like it's going to give out. It doesn't know if it's going to... My, that's how they're describing the hip pain. I don't know if it can um, support me. And so I made an arrangement to sit down with Anthony Godfrey for a little bit of time after one of the classes... And I went over the protocols that we had done, the physical, nutritional, rehab processing. And he introduced me to how to blend traditional Chinese medicine with some of the plant medicine, biological medicine. Uh, it was quite eye-opening. And so I had one individual. Uh, this woman was a chief financial officer at a business. She had been quite aggressive in her approach uh, to me and in life. I, like I saw her interact with a number of individuals, um, quite rude, quite abrupt, uh, quite assertive. And she had this uh, left side frozen shoulder and it wasn't really getting any better. Uh, I'd only seen her a couple of times, but I just knew it was a bit differently given her personality. So, uh, and she wasn't really open to talking about other life experiences. So I was given the direction and the guidance to do a treatment at her home where she's comfortable. And I was given the direction to do the treatment at the end of the day when I don't have anything left to do 
And so we did this acupuncture where we, we blended the traditional Chinese medicine acupuncture with the different anatomical acupuncture. And what had happened was, to cut some of the story um, for the listener, but the what had happened was this woman was very aggressive. Like, for example, the, the second time she came in, she said... Uh, are you going are you going to fix me today motherfucker i was like well I'll, I'll give it my best shot was my reply um and so it was after that appointment that i went to set up the time with um dr godfrey because no one had spoken to me about like like, like that before uh it, she was aggressive with her daughter as well it, it was just different you could see that there was a lot of hostility inside of her so, and she didn't find, like, I tried to make jokes. I tried to make light of different things. And there was never any kind of um, venting uh, of the tension. So we set up the appointment on a Saturday afternoon. It's only supposed to be for about 45 minutes. I did the acupuncture. I did the protocol that he was kind of giving the ideas, depending on how she was reacting. And I was there for three hours. When the needles were in, they were in. She was making jokes. She was lively. She was happy. She was healthy. It, it was like we had released a lot of different things inside. And then as I took the acupuncture out, all of a sudden she started weeping and sobbing and just releasing all of the inner kind of turmoil that she had been holding on to. She described some significant negative events with um, her left-sided breast cancer that she went through twice. She had an abusive relationship where she was constantly verbally put down. Uh, she went through a period with her boss trying to um, threaten to kill her and threaten her and rape her after a Christmas party. Um, significant emotional traumas. And it was in the left-sided um, shoulder. And he, he made the connection to me that often left-sided breast cancer has a history of, of a, an aggressive male or, or figure like that who was in the woman's life. Um, again, just sharing this information, it was fascinating to watch. And at the beginning of this treatment session... This woman couldn't lift her arm in front of her more than 15 degrees to the side, more than five degrees to the back, a little bit more like 10 to 15 degrees, just because it's the way it goes. And uh, the external rotation, so when your elbow's kind of bent at 90 degrees and externally rotating, it was stuck at five. Couldn't move it. Passively couldn't move it. I couldn't move it anywhere. She couldn't move it. After these three hours, after this kind of releasing the euphoria to then the weeping and the sadness, uh, which then finished up with her um, feeling kind of sad about how she's been, uh, what she perceived as a negative role model to her now adult daughter um, and what she had guilt and shame over for staying in the marriage that she had stayed in for so long. Uh, we worked through that. Uh, she was able just to release that tension and her shoulder moved 
90 degrees in both uh, forward um, forward flexion and to the side, and the external rotation got up to uh, 15 degrees. Like, this was crazy to me. And we kind of continued to work on that over the coming weeks, and we got rid of her shoulder, frozen shoulder, within about six weeks from that point where she had full range of motion. Um, so we had cut down that time significantly. It was fascinating. The other one was the right hip pain. The right hip pain pattern comes up with people who are going into a new job opportunity or a new relationship change. And those descriptive words of, I feel like it's going to give out, I don't think it can support me, that, uh, with the help of uh, Dr. Godfrey and with the traditional Chinese medicine studying and the other things that I've developed over the years of that I'll describe shortly with uh, Louise Hay and Carolyn Miss and uh, Dr. Norm Shelley and a few other people where because of the location of from the anatomy of the kidney, the adrenal glands, the hips, then energetically what the right hip is, where it is, um, how then the left side brain is also perceives the right side um, with um, analysis, over analysis, paralysis by analysis, where we don't think we can progress. We have more insecurity in ourself as we need to be flexible need to be open-minded as we progress through life it will lock up that left that right side hip um, sometimes the ankle as well uh, where where people say it feels locked it can't move even though they actually have full range of motion it just feels very painful and once we identify this connection of you're strong you're, you are flexible, you're creative, and we, we kind of turn on the more of the right side brain. Uh, we, we get them to relax a bit more. Then anatomically, we engage the, the right glute max, the right glute medius, and we get the anatomy to also support the structure. Uh, that's when within one treatment, even two treatments, the pain is significantly reduced. Uh, or gone and they notice that that pain kicks in as they're walking to the new office door or as they're going into that conversation where they're going to be ending that relationship or changing something in the relationship or their living pattern it's fascinating it really is truly a real thing and I deal with that on a daily basis and I cannot shut it off. I have tried to ignore it because at the beginning of all this, I felt wild and crazy and wacky. But over time, this has come out stronger and stronger and it becomes so obvious. And it happened and I saw it in Toronto. I saw it in people in Vancouver. And now through COVID, that pattern of pain is really coming more forward with people going through uh, and heading into 2023 with interest rates increasing, people's mortgages coming up, their jobs and their location of their of their 
um, office space is changing or 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 coming back out of their home, um, it, it's really popping up in the pattern. And so when I started initially learning about this metaphysical pain, uh, the leading person at the time, this was back around like 2009, was uh, Louise Hay, who I was first introduced, who just kind of gave like general views, quick general views, uh, and affirmations of how to support that person. Over a couple of years, I was introduced through different psychologists to Carolyn Miss. I read The Anatomy of the Spirit, which takes more of a medical approach to the emotional um, insecurities that are leading to the physical pain. Uh, this is a, a great expansion off of Louise Hay. Uh, Carolyn Miss learned off of Louise Hay. Uh, and then I took the medical intuitive program that Carolyn Miss and Dr. Norm Sheely, uh, Norm Sheely um, put into um, well, the internet, basically. And what it does is allows additional resources for identifying ways to support the whole body, truly holistic self, so that we're whole with a W-W-H-O-L-E, not just filling holes, not just like oh, your shoulder is sore, so we're just going to, because you haven't been doing external rehab programs. Or, oh, your hip is sore, so we're just going to like stretch out the front of the hip and take some time off. We're not just filling holes. We're holistically treating that whole person to be redundant there with that word. But it, it is truly helpful. And when I had these resources... These resources and the questioning of the individuals over the past 13 years, even 14 years, um, has led to the appearance of these natural patterns, again, even more significantly. It comes out with the traditional Chinese medicine. It comes out with the physical anatomy, the myofascial chains, the um, anatomy trains that we learned about through... Um, the athletic performance education um, background. Uh, and it's really tying together like the mind to the body and the body to the mind. And so this persistent presentation and questions, it led me to more further review of the actual anatomy and neurological study. So we actually can bring it back to anatomy, the actual physical anatomy and how the emotions are stored and presented because there is only so much space and the body is very efficient. We're evolved to be very efficient so that we have our our nerves are going to be innervating multiple components and it only comes out of like so many segments of our vertebrae. So when we have our nerve root that comes out of each vertebral segment at each level, it's going to be innervating everything from organs to muscles to skin. And so that nerve root branches into the anterior and posterior. So one becomes two. And then it's, it spreads out a little bit further. It goes to the myotome, the duratome, the viscera, and the scleratome. What is that? The dermatome is the skin. The myotome is the muscle. The viscera are the organs. And the scleratome are the bones. And all of this stuff is our sensations 
and our perception, which becomes our perception of what's happening around us. So our skin intakes, temperature changes, it intakes, uh, tension changes, all kinds of things through our, our hair as well. Um, the muscles, how much strength we need, how much muscle fiber recruitment, all of these things. Um, the organs are not only like digesting or filtering, um, there's also the lymph that's coming in and the lymphatic um, component of the nerves, uh, which is like cleansing and moving the, the toxins and, and moving nutrients in and out. Um, so it's incredibly complex. Uh, and that's how there's no other way but to combine emotions with physical pain. And people say, well, what's the chicken or the egg? Is the physical pain leading to the emotional pain and vice versa? From what I've seen, at this stage of my development, I can confidently state that the emotion leads to the physical. The emotional kind of long-standing, louder, let's call it, or volume of messaging inside of our head, inside of our mind, will lead to the physical pain. And it depends on which group is listening to this or which group I'm presenting this information to, uh, who is on the table, who's in the, in the office for treatment at the time. There's a, there's a varying degree of hesitation with this. So accountants and city planners... They're much more structured. We will kind of touch on the emotions. Um, we kind of flirt with the idea of is it more emotional or is it more physical? But because generally these people work with business plans and Excel sheets, these people are looking at like E9 and what, what calculation and algorithm is in G36 and where is the city going? What's happening on Alpha Street and Beta Street? Um, these people, like, it just, they won't really explore the emotions as quickly. They will get there, but it's a bit slower. It's interesting. Um, artists and actors, they'll explore it very quickly. Um, they often will be the people who will say, well, Mercury's in retrograde. They, they add to this all. Uh, Mars is in retrograde. Uh, it's a full moon today. The tide is high. The tide is low. They, they add a, an extra component um, to the system. They feel it in their voice. They feel it because they're expressing their emotions. They're obviously more dominant in their creative expression so they'll feel their environment so much more that's why when they they come in or they present they're more introverted they're feeling their places they're hyper vigilant uh in their body and in their place so they're very much attuned to how their body will change to their emotions and to their pain so they often come in kind of knowing what's stuck and what needs to be released Athletes and executives, great performance. They will, they will listen. They will adapt. They will do the programming very quickly, 
they will do whatever it takes generally um they're highly motivated individuals who but they need a little bit more of the physical side of it they need the nutritional support what's giving me that next edge what is going to get me that greater performance and how do we prevent the, this happening again much more prevention oriented and much more um performance oriented and then the last category i would say are the big thinkers the people who are the most successful individuals who have ever encountered in success is materialistically successful uh, also family development successful um, the longest standing marriages the largest families the wealthiest developers artists uh, planning individuals who see kind of the global trends they're all encompassing they're aware of the emotions they're aware of how it impacts their body they're aware of how their uh, physical performance uh, needs to be influenced by their emotional performance their nutritional performance but sometimes they just get stuck in their vices and that's because oftentimes they're stuck with self-soothing, which is why they are so grandiose in what they need to take in. So that takes a different approach. And we can get into that in a little bit because there was somebody who was in recently, uh, which was quite evident. And uh, it, uh, it was interesting for, for about 45 minutes. Um. But to kind of generalize the battleground of these different groups, the accountants to the artists to the athletes, the battleground for the physical pain with the emotional stuff, I find is the control versus the content. How controlling is the individual on their daily life Versus how content are they with just kind of going with the flow? That person who is more controlling is going to have more judgment versus more acceptance. The person who has more control and judgment is going to have a greater sensitivity to being vulnerable versus the person who is content and accepting is going to have more security and more assertion and they're going to less live less in the shoulds and the coulds. Um, and they're, they're just going to be more aware of things uh, versus the controlling um, judgment, vulnerability, sensitive people. That group of people generally doesn't like the acupuncture treatments. Uh, they don't like needles. They're afraid of needles. Um, they don't like exerting themselves too much uh, it's quite interesting and so where we meet them at is getting them comfortable getting them uh, setting the smaller kind of targets to hit so that they start to unwind and feel a little bit more comfortable and me sharing this is is so that 
we can see that within our relationships and within ourselves at different times, which will then help reduce our pain and reduce some of our uh, reluctant performance programming. And again, this, the controlling, judgmental kind of um, shoulds and woulds, those individuals are, are more into the whole filling versus the holistic changes. The purpose of this is to share with you that what we really need to do is be passionate students of life on both sides. The control versus the content, the judgment versus acceptance, the vulnerable versus the secure. Be a passionate student of life. What we need to do and when we need to do this is during adversity, we need to create during adversity. In our relationships and in ourselves, we need to, when the, when the relationship is hitting a new barrier or a new um, plate of, place of development, we need to find the fault in ourself. We need to blame ourselves for what, where we're at. Because when we find fault in ourselves and we know what we're at fault at, that gives us power because then we can then change because then we know what we need to grow on. We can make mistakes. You can get upset. You can say things you don't mean. You can say things that you do mean. You can um, get into your vices and you can, you can be problematic. But know that you are to blame and take fault in that. And when we do that, that gives us an opportunity to create in the adversity in ourselves and in our relationship. And how we start to do that is be a satellite, be a receiver. Oftentimes around now is around the holiday season is in difficult times is you'll hear these arguments where People will say, well, I'm giving 90% and you're only giving 10. I'm giving 99 and I'm only getting 1% back. I'm giving and, and, you're receive, and you're just receiving. And the other person is saying the same thing back to them. But those satellites are just offset. The receivers are not getting the information. Kind of like a radio station as a different kind of analogy. All of those wavelengths are constantly around us. All of that information, the music, is constantly around us. It's just the little unit that needs to be tuned into 98.5 or 1 or 2.7 or AM 960. Once the tuner is set to the proper frequency acceptance, that messaging can be had. So if you're in that relationship and it's, well, I'm giving 90 and, and you're only giving 10 and, and vice versa. You need to sit back and and we'll get into a, this shortly of be a, the biggest satellite possible. Tune in to what you need and how it's related there. there this week has been some more things that have popped up with people. 
So after the holidays, the, the pain complaints seem to be a bit more emotionally charged. There's a lot of reflection at this time of the year uh, of the past or the future. So the future, for example, a person who's in recently, the future has the children leaving the nest. They're graduating high school. There's already two kids in university. And we've got, in a very short period of time, the husband and wife are left at home for the first time in over 25 years. Both of these individuals need to feel important. Both of these individuals need to feel relevant. And they need space to explore their new dynamic. And what they're doing right now is battling one another instead of being receptors. Because they've each formulated their methods to feel relevant. You can also do this with people who are retiring uh, or close to retirement. They're getting the anxieties of their roles changing in life. I said in the other episode, in our later years, it becomes a little bit more lonely. Our pace of life is a little bit more isolating. Uh, we're a little bit more slower and redundant. And what, and so the frequency changes. When we're younger, the frequency is high. High frequency, high intimacy, high levels of interaction. And so it's easier to block out. It's easier to change. It's easier to get the things filled up, our buckets filled up with what we need and to feel important. But as we kind of subdue and, and go through the life, we, we, we settle into paces where we need to be a little bit more articulate. We need to be a little bit more precise on what our needs are. And so how do we do that? Well, I've been thinking about it over a number of weeks and months and years and I've kind of fallen into like we need to utilize the wisdom from our mentors. Just like in another podcast I put in, if you don't have a mentor, be your own personal mentor. You check in with what your 70-year-old self needs, your 80-year-old self or your 90-year-old self. You check in with what your needs are for that individual to be as happy and healthy and content and performing as well as possible. And you could do that with one another. And how do you do that? Well, what are, what are our wants? What do we need? We want to be fabulous. So fabs. We want to be checking in initially with our feelings. The F, fabs. F-A-B-S. Feelings accomplish beliefs and soothe check in on our feelings how am i feeling today how am i feeling in my environment internally how am i feeling in my environment externally then we orient and orientate ourselves to what we need and what we want to accomplish so first our feelings then we what we want to accomplish well, in our relationship, well, what do I want? I want 
my wife or I want my husband or I want my children to appreciate me. I want to still know that I'm relevant and that I'm important and I want to contribute and I want to be worthy. Um, When my career is ending, I still want to know that I exist. I have strength. I can um, contribute in some way, shape or form. So we orientate ourselves to what we want to accomplish. Then we guide ourselves towards the positive beliefs. When we're going through these changes, sometimes those negative beliefs override our positive beliefs. So the the negative belief system is what's going to drive those challenging dynamics in the relationships well, the kids are gone, I'm not important, you don't have time for me, and you don't care for me, you don't love me, you haven't taken me on a date, you don't message me anymore, you didn't buy me this, or whatever their love language is that we like to kind of fall on because of the trends over the years, is generally felt like it's disrespected. Instead, both people who are feeling the stress of those kids leaving the people who are leaving those jobs or changing their careers need to reorientate themselves to what the positive beliefs are. I'm here for you. I love you. I want to give you space and I want to continue to expand our position. And then we need to soothe our needs. Soothe our needs first personally so that we're better to then soothe and help support others. Okay, well, what do you, Matt, what are you talking about? How am I going to soothe? I understand. I check in my feelings. I feel like terrible. Okay, whatever. How do I orientate? What do I want to accomplish? Well, I want a better life. Okay, yep, check. Got that. Guiding towards positive beliefs. Okay, yeah, I see it. I hear it. um, But I'm still upset. So how do I soothe? Um, my person's not listening to me. Well, first start with you. Why owe you? Soothe. Yearn, organize, and understand. The yearning, I'm going to say, is first and foremost in the physical sense. It's what we can experience initially and quickly. This is temperature, I believe is number one. If someone's cold and they don't want to be cold, it's really irritating. It's hard to accomplish anything when you're too hot or too cold. Food. What food do you want to eat? What food are you craving? What food do you actually need? So what nutrients do you need? And then sleep. Go back to the basics. Temperature, food, sleep. What we did as a child and what we did with ourself as an infant. That way, we can experience that change and we start to set up our system, we start to set up ourself to then be able to be a proper receptor. Then we organize our environment. The, the Y is the urine, the O is the organize. We organize our environment, tidy up internally and tidy up externally. Internally with the proper hydration, nutrition, and exercise. 
and and positive beliefs and then tidy up externally change your room around tidy up the kitchen tidy up the garage tidy up those things the business the desk the car get a car wash the different things that help just kind of clear out the the noise around you after you've started to clear out the toxins and the negative things that aren't fueling you that are slowing you down the same thing internally and externally tidy it up last understand the steps of the process be patient it will not happen overnight you might head into that conversation with yourself or you might head into that conversation with your counselor or your psychologist or your significant other you might have your goals i'm going to go in there with this detail i'm going to go in there with love and it's met with resistance but as long as there's persistence as long as there's commitment and you're looking for that gold nugget that promise of progress you're going to get there understand the steps of the process so soothe you yearn organize and understand what we yearn in the physical sense organize our environment and understand what that will do is help us to feel fabulous once we check in on our feelings orientate ourselves to what we want to accomplish it'll guide it'll help guide ourselves towards the positive beliefs and it'll soothe our needs this will interrupt the pattern of pain this will support our pain complaints physically and emotionally it will help really strengthen our positive behavior essentially what this does is it helps warm us swaddle ourselves and hold ourselves what we do in those early precious moments with a brand new baby we need to do that as we head into the new challenges of life the new career situation the new family development you could still be like 60 years old and heading into a new change we still need to support ourselves with the basics what this will do will slow the momentum of those negative thoughts it'll slow the momentum of the pain developing it'll slow the momentum that leads to more physical ailments before it becomes an avalanche of confusion what this will do will help repair the relationships it will help to help develop your performance and it will help to support yourself as you go through the challenges when we're sitting on that bottom rock we're able to take time and do this again so we slow the momentum before it becomes an avalanche of confusion get that clarity sit in yourself soothe yourself to feel fabulous thank you that is the bottom rock